high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello. How are you? How you be? Happy Friday. Wait, 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 just a minute. If we're going to, if we're going to do this, we got to do this right. We cannot be lazy. In welcoming you in to another show. I gotta find it. Wait, hold on. I'll find it, I swear. By the way, I'm Ajay Salves, and Eric France will be joining me here shortly here on the Full Court Press. Uh, a lot to get to NBA uh, Finals recap uh, as the basketball season has, has officially came to an end. We'll also get to your U.S. Open update. We'll also talk preview of a College World Series, uh, which uh, starts tomorrow morning, actually. So we'll get that. We'll get into that and more. But first and foremost, before we even get into anything else, we must first introduce. better is it yes i don't know you know my talents are being put into use by myself but you yet continue to reject my great work i'm just wondering when you're gonna actually let your ego down and allow me to be you know have a significant contribution to the show Andre, you always have a significant contribution to this show oh don't turn on the lights oh geez that hurts ow can't sit in the dark forever? Well, it depends. Come on to the light. Uh, Eric, hi. Happy Friday. Uh, I am happy it's Friday. Yes. We all are happy it's Friday. Uh, it is NBA post uh, celebration, uh, unless you're a Warriors fan. Uh, I guess you're selling 47 great years in Oracle Arena. Uh, kind of a yeah somber day uh, if you're in Oakland. Uh, you, the, only your, get your worse. team did not win the championship. Your stars got hurt. Your arena is shutting down. <laughs> kind of a depressing day <laughs> if you're living in Oakland. One fourteen, one ten is your final. Four games to two. Toronto Raptors take uh, take care of the Golden State Warriors uh, in in a game. Look, I've seen a lot of NBA final games in my life. That might be one of the best games I've ever seen. That was, there was some great, great basketball going on. 
I put the Game 7 of the 2016 Finals up there. I put Game 6 of the 98 Finals up there. I put uh, San Antonio Detroit Game 7 and 05 up there. I mean, I've seen a lot of great basketball. That, man, some of the shots that some of these guys were hitting and some of the plays defensively that these teams were making were just, I mean, the blocks at the rim were just awesome. Well, I mean, what an emotional game. I mean, you you know that Kevin Durant's not going to be available. You, you have the news that he's blown his Achilles. He's going to be spending time, a long time, recuperating from that. Um you you've already tried to come back. I mean, Clay Thompson was having a great game, probably the, arguably the best game of these finals uh, until he got hurt. And you lose him uh, and uh, Steve Kerr making comments that look, yeah, he he looked hurt. Uh, he went into the tunnel. They told him if he leaves for good, he can't come back to the game. So he came back out of the tunnel to shoot those free throws. That's kind of dramatic. Oh my gosh, he's coming back. Yeah, it wasn't Paul Pierce who needed to go to the restroom. <laughs> this was Clay Thompson. I, I, he tore his... And, well, and we, and apparently he tells Coach Kerr on his way back out, like, look, just give me a few minutes, I'll be back. And and he, and he his dad asked him in the locker room, did you hear anything pop? No. Asked him a second time, and he said, no, I didn't. But we find out this morning... It's a torn ACL. He tears it. You know, when I, when I think about the beginning of this game, when you talked about somebody who you felt like needed to show up, and my gosh, did he ever <laughs> show up. Feeds it to Lowry near half court. They'll reset with seven to shoot. Lowry, right-hand dribble, crosses to the left, pulls the trigger on a three, and hits again. Kyle Lowry, a four-for-four four start. He's got all the Raptors' 11 points. Not Van Vliet left corner, 140 to go in the first to let it up high against the smaller Cook. Passes in the corner, Lowry gets off a three and hits again. What a first for Kyle Lowry. He's got 15. Kyle Lowry scored the first game's first eight points of the night. I mean, these, this guy couldn't miss, and he was hitting some pretty darn tough shots. Finished with 26 in the game with 10 assists and 7 rebounds. Nearly had a triple-double in this game, Eric. Kyle Lowry was fantastic. Oh, he was awesome. Uh, it, it, the mentality of the Toronto Raptors, and a lot of people today, when, when things that I've been reading, things that I've been listening to throughout the day when I've had chances, it's all about, well, um, the Warriors suffered a lot of injuries. What would it have been like if they hadn't had the injuries? And I get that. I get that. And the, 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 they're trying to take away... The, the joy of the Toronto Raptors and what they were able to accomplish. Uh, and it was a great series. Yes, there were injuries. Yes, it would have been a vastly different series, I believe, if Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson are, are 100%. But uh, let's not forget about what, what great basketball Toronto gave us in this series and how they were able to win three straight on the road. That's unconscionable. Three games that they won on the road away from their own place. The game had 18. It's amazing. I don't care who's hurt or who's not. That That's an unreal feat. I mean, I again, just a heck of a basketball game. 18 lead changes, nine ties. Neither team led by more than nine at all during this whole entire game. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, uh, Thompson tearing the ACL, he goes down. And at that point, Golden State has no business being in this game, Eric. None. Zero. Zilch. 
You're playing with guys like Looney, who's about 30%. You're playing with Livingston. You're playing with Draymond Green. You're playing with who, who can't hit a shot from the outside to save his life at times. Well, for the most part. Uh, you're playing with Cook, who you need to rely on heavy minutes for and to be productive. And then, you, of course, you got Steph Curry, who, by the way, was really, really good for the most part in tonight's game. He had 21 points. He was 6-17 from the field, 3-11 from deep. But I, I just, I mean, look, that's a whole huge load he had to take. Iguodala added 22 uh, in, uh, in his effort. So just to be in that game against a healthy Toronto team, was amazing in itself. I mean, look, you lost Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant to just horrific, really worst-case scenario injuries, and you still give these guys a game. Right. Well, Looney's not out there playing 100%. I mean, he's one of your best defenders. Uh, and you, you have to look at DeMarcus Cousins isn't playing at 100%. He's coming back from a major injury himself. So what they were able to do to still be in this series, to to push it to six games, is pretty amazing. And I think that speaks to Steph Curry. Uh, You could tell late in their game, I mean, he just wasn't shooting as effectively. His percentages were down. Uh, He he had been carrying a large load, trying to keep his team in the hunt despite the injuries and and setbacks. So, uh, And I think you also have to give a lot of credit to Steve Kerr, what he was able to to mash together in light of uncertainty night in and night out and these significant injuries to his team. Um, And that, yeah, that that speaks a lot to what those two guys especially were able to do at Golden State. But Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, two guys that have been all-stars at different times, uh, but Kyle Lowry has been an unheralded guy. And the rest of that team, hardly anybody could name other players on that squad before these finals, before the playoffs. So it's impressive what Nick Nurse has been able to do, what Kawhi Leonard has been able to do to change that culture to to win a championship. Speaking of unheralded guys, how about this one? To Lowry, swing left Van Vliet with eight to shoot against Curry, who's now back in the game. Van Vliet circles on top with four. Launches a three over Cousins that hits. Ties the game at 91. Makes the catch against Curry. Launches the three over Curry and buries it. Another tagger for Fred Van Vliet. Toronto ball, Van Vliet, front court, 348 to go. He's all alone for three. Shoots and hits another one. Raptors take the lead. He comes off the bench. He scores 22 points. He hits five threes off the bench. Three of those come in the fourth quarter. One to tie it, one to give him a one-point lead, and the other to give him a three-point lead at 104-101. I mean, this guy was sick off the bench. Yeah, this is a guy that went undrafted, made the last roster spot a few years ago, worked his way into into, uh, being able to play some minutes, uh, and then... They were then became a, an important role player off the bench, but then even this playoffs, he was kind of in the doghouse early in the playoffs and wasn't really getting many minutes. Nick Nurse wasn't sure he could go to him, and then just a light switched with this guy, uh, and he just became a beast off the bench. You look at Toronto, that their team as a whole. You had four guys that scored twenty points or more. Four. 
So it wasn't just one guy carrying it and a few other guys benefiting from all the attention that he got. There were a lot of guys playing significant roles in what uh, Toronto was able to do last night to close it out. On the road. On the road, but again, they had a healthy team. You're talking about a team that didn't have Thompson or Durant. One of them's the best player in the world. One of them's one of the most contributional starters, maybe underrated starters in the NBA. I, that's a huge loss. If he, if Thompson plays, Warriors win that game. Oh yeah. I mean, the dude scored but I'm not thirty trying points to, through three quarters. Exactly. I'm he not, was having a great. I'm not trying game. to take anything from Toronto because really, you like you said. I mean, it's not like this. I mean, this game didn't singe it. There was two other road wins that they got in Oracle that really, really helped them. And, and, and again, I mean, to be able to hold on for dear life when you knew Golden State was, was just, I mean, getting off the canvas, blood dripping off their face, sweat and exhausted. They continued to throw punches. This was a 15-round battle. And, again, credit to Toronto and Nick Nurse for actually, in this game, unlike Game 5, not panicking. And, uh, obviously, Drake had a big game. You know, he played, he, he can, he contributed a lot, um, made some great plays. He was doing some cool moves on the, on the stage. I'm so sick of that, man. I'm just sick of it. Getting Jurassic Park all worked up. Meanwhile, an instant after the game was really interesting, uh, Brian Windhorst with the latest. This is an unfortunate development. Masai watched the end of the game from the tunnel outside the Raptors locker room on television. Once the game was over, he came down the tunnel and wanted to go on the court to celebrate with his team. But because it was a trophy presentation situation and because it was the visiting team winning, there was new security procedures in place and new credentials required. Now, this is standard procedure in the NBA. Masai did not have that credential. The officer there who um, was part of an increased security presence around the court did not know who he was. Um, and really the issue is the second contact. Masai and the officer made contact with the officer and then made a second contact with the officer where, according to the sheriff's uh, sergeant, uh, made contact with the deputy's face. So um, he is under investigation. That's not good. Made contact with the deputy's face. I don't know. That just sounds funny. Okay, okay, so they're saying he didn't show his badge, but there's a video that, I mean, films him showing his badge. So someone, so someone help me out here. Well, what's interesting is when you're watching the, all the, the, the post-game trophy stuff, you don't know any of this had happened before. No, not Everything a clue. looks very normal. Yeah. So um, there are some eyewitness accounts that suggest that um, he was there and he... He was trying to get on the court and doing the right things, and there was a maybe a little overactive um, cop that was being a little uh, aggressive as to what was going on. But at the same time, if you don't have the right badge, I mean, we all recognize who Kawhi Leonard is. We all recognize who the players are because they're wearing jerseys. I mean, it's pretty obvious who they are. You, you Probably everybody in the stands recognizes the coach and the coaching staff because they're on the on the sidelines, they're on the bench. You see them, but if you're in, you're an executive. Not everybody's going to know who you are. Okay, so here's the thing. So if you don't have this the right is still badge, on, you don't oh, have no. the right credential. It's still they're not on, just going to know. It's oh, still that's on the Oakland, Eric. GM. It's oh, still on guy, Oakland. Do your homework, president of operations. You as a group, an Oakland police officer should say, "Okay, look, we need to know where everybody is." 
Okay, because you know that the executives want to gonna is gonna want to be up there to congratulate his team, and he should be. For the Oakland police officers to a put their hands on a gentleman, and for really no good reason, and two, when the video shows that he's showing his badge, and they said, "Well, it's not the correct badge." It's still the freaking GM. <laughs> Look at his. T- it should have his title. I mean, you should know who he is, but at the same time. I mean, can you expect every security guy in that building to recognize every front office guy for the opposing team? Uh, that that seems a little bit much to ask. So you have to you have to have the right credentials in, in those moments. There's you don't know what could happen with some crazy fan who's upset that his team just lost on his home court, and, and they're trying to get on the court and, and do stupid things. You have to be vigilant. You have to be aware of what's going on. And you have to be careful about who you let into these situations. Yeah, no, and I agree. I do agree with that. So then the excuse me, the PR department for Toronto needs to understand the situation. Hey, there's a chance we're going to win this game. Oakland, what do you need from us? In case we win, we want our executives, our management to be on the court to celebrate this championship. What do we? What is our process of making sure that happens? Oh yes, you need a, you need two badges, one during the game and then one after the game for the post celebration. Great, I need badges for these following people. Right, I I totally agree that the Toronto needs to be aware of what they need to ask for. Golden State needs to be aware of. Look, this is this is our house, but there is absolutely a chance that we're going to lose this, and so there will be a trophy ceremony on our court. Their people will need to be a part of it. We're going to make sure that the right people have the right credentials for the right situations. So I think that's kind of nutty if they just didn't have the right right stuff. Uh, by the way, really quickly, we're going to just step aside from NBA basketball. we got to get to this. Uh, Brian Phillips, who is the uh, co-editor uh, and writer at Recruiting Specialist, uh, he has announced and says breaking hoop news. Aggie Hoops team has received a verbal commitment from University of Virginia transfer Marco Anthony. Uh, he is a 643 guy. Um, three star. Six, yeah. Uh, three, three star. star 64210 shooting guard. Uh, he'll have to set out the 1920 season, but will have two years left to play at Utah State. Wow. That's good. Use a score. Is he? Last year, he averaged 1.2 points. Dude, why do you have to be that guy? 0.5 rebound. I'm just pull- you said he's a scorer, and I'm like looking at his stats. 1.2 rebound, uh, 1.2 points, 0.5 rebounds, 0.5 assists. So he he didn't he didn't play a large role. I'm just trying to make that clear in what he did last year. Great, it's uh, he did play in some games uh, in 17-18 and in 18-19. Didn't play a significant role with what Virginia was doing, but he was on a team that won a national title. So that is that is significant. That's cool. The thing is, though, is that if if Tony Bennett's recruiting this guy, he's obviously got to have some skill. Virginia's no like joke around right, basketball. It's not a slouch school. program. No, we're not talking about Burl here. No, what's it called? Burl Hill Community College. I don't even know what that is. Uh, he scored six points against Pitt. It's in Iowa. Uh, back in, on March 2nd. 
Um, that was uh, he scored eight points in a game versus uh, was that Morgan, Morgan State, in twenty minutes of of play. But um, had, those were his quote unquote, I guess you could call it significant games of this last season, uh, season before. In uh, 2017-2018, he scored 10 points against Louisville in a game on January 31st. Um, but he didn't have any other double-digit games. So, a very minor role, uh, a bench player, didn't see a lot of time, didn't see very many opportunities with Virginia. Um, he is transferring to Utah State, and he's a 6'4 guard, shooting guard. He'll, be have, to, he'll have to redshirt or, or sit out this next year. And then we'll have two years left to play for Utah State. That's good, though. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, could be good. Uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, wow. certainly that. Gee, Shannon Sharp or Max. Kelly. Well, look. I mean, you you said, oh, he's a scorer. He scored a lot in high school. And I looked Skip him up, he, did. he hasn't really done much at Virginia. I just want to be totally transparent. He's a scorer. Uh, maybe he had a good experience at high school, You're going but to love he's him. been on a national championship level team. And that is cool. That's that is going to pay dividends uh, for Utah State. How he translates to what Utah State wants to do is still yet to be determined. But he'll have a full year to figure that out. I just so that's good news. Your pessimism sometimes, Eric. No, you just you announce it and right away you say, "Oh, he's a scorer." Well, he, he is. He. He hasn't done a lot yet when he was at Virginia. So I just want to make clear we know who he is and what he's done. But hopefully with a fresh place and new surroundings, he gets that opportunity to be the type of player he was in high school. Oh, well, yes, we do. All right, we got to take a break. Step aside, come back. Let's talk some U.S. Open. We'll update it. Tony Finau is on the verge of doing something he hasn't done in a little while. We'll talk about what that is. That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press with Eric France and Ajay Salveson on 106.9-1390 AM. Where's the button? The fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Is this little, uh... <laughs> wait, is this Paula or is this oh, Jen? Yeah, but what's her last name? Paula Abdul. Yeah, and what's the song called? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, Utah State just made it official. Welcome to the family. At Marco J. Anthony. Hashtag Aggies all the way. Hey, Marco, if you're listening... They're calling him a six foot six guard. He's a scorer. Uh, Brian Phillips said he was 6'4". Well, there's a difference. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, Marco, if you're listening to the Full Court Press right now on 106.9, AM, the fan with Eric Franson and Andre Salveson, will you follow me on Twitter? That, that pretty much fills out the USU roster now, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. If Do they have one scholarship left, by the way? Uh, I think they filled it with that Treasure Valley kid. So he was a scholarship kid then? I wasn't sure. U.S. Open is on day two, and uh, your our pick six involved the U.S. Open, Eric. It does. Who would have the higher finish? Mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka or Tiger Woods? And you took who? Um, I took 
Bruce, Brooks Kepka and Justin Rose. Oh, you, oh, oh, you did? <laughs> because the the tweet that I'm looking at currently right now, as I am looking at it, that you had posted onto our Twitter account at E. Franson says that you took Tiger Woods. Oh, I, oh, I did take Tiger Woods. Yeah, you did. How, how's that it's going? In black and white. How's that going for you? Well, Tiger is even. He's at even par. Shot a 72 today. Meanwhile, my boy, Brooks Kepka. So Tiger's tied for 35th. Brooks Kepka at just four under. He's three shots back of the lead, which is, by the way, being held by Justin Rose. And he is in fifth place. So uh, you've got some ground to make up quickly. Still have a couple days. The cut right now is at plus one. When the, and the last one on that cut line is Andy Pope, who is tied for 53rd. That means that Tony Finau who is currently shooting four over in his tie for 93rd, would miss the cut, which would be the first time he has done so since the PGA Championship in 2016. That's a heck of a run for the local golfer. Yeah, it looks like he's going to miss the cut, which is too bad. Um, Mike Weir, he's going to miss the cut. He's another guy It's ties to the state of Utah. But um, Justin Rose, he had himself an um, an incredible first day again. Uh, t- today, not quite as good, uh, but still, he is the leader, and with a couple other people kind of coming after him. So uh, t- the conditions today weren't as favorable as they were uh, yesterday. But um, uh, Jim Furyk had himself a really good day today. And making up a lot of ground, so it's it's a beautiful location. Uh, it's fun to watch at Pebble Beach. Um, it's a twelve and a half million dollar purse. So can Brooks Kepka uh, keep going after it? Ricky Fowler, also another big name, who is um, Rory McIlroy. They're all in the same kind of pool right now. Uh, all of them are four under. Tied for fourth. So uh, it could be a really exciting couple of days. Uh, Sergio Garcia is another big name that's been, that people are familiar with. I already mentioned Jim Furyk. Uh, so there's there's some some pretty good names that are still in the hunt here for what could happen at the U.S. Open down at Pebble Beach this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't get into it, man. Unless Tiger's in this hunt, I'm not into it. I try. By the way, Jordan Spieth is at tied for 28th right now, shooting one under. Uh, Adam Scott is at three under. Rory. Rory is that Michael's say? brother? Uh, yeah. No, it's his cousin, actually. Oh, it's his cousin. Yeah, okay. it's his cousin. Um, Rory McIlroy is at five under, tied for third. So McIlroy is doing really well. Nice. I like the pronunciation. Was that your attempt at some accent? Or just a really bad attempt at trying to oh, say his name? Oh, speaking of accent, did you see the latest from uh, Captain Craig Smith? <laughs> do you want me to? Uh, no, I do not want you to, but no, I did not. Uh, neither did I see the, the tweet. Um, well, unless you're going uh, to let me, I'm not going to tell you what the tweet was. But I feel like I owe it to our listeners to give them the Captain Craig Smith tweet of the day. No, I, 
it's okay to share it. I just don't know that they really appreciate it like you think they do. What? How you? Who's told you that? We've received messages. What? Yeah, you have. Oh man, this one's so good. Are you sure you don't want me to do it? I'll do it for you. I really, if you read it normal, yes. Okay. All, but can I still play the medieval music? <laughs> it's not medieval. It is. Where you can take. Oh, sorry. I don't know why that's playing. Forgive me. Hold on. There we go. Hold on. It's coming. I just got to get to these stupid ads. Why, why does everything have to have an ad to it? <gasps> There's your music bed. Dearest mother. Oh, brother. As I ponder on the Aggies heroes such as Estes, Carol, Green, and Moral. I can't help but believe the names of some of the current soldiers will one day be spoken with similar respect. Future legends now defend Fort Spectral sincerely with love and regard. Captain Clay F. Smith. Do you want to read that normal so I can understand what the heck you just said? You know what I just said. Don't pretend like I didn't say it. Well. I didn't understand anything you just yes, said. Yes, you did. Don't be dramatic. Plus, I was looking at the pictures that Mark Marco Anthony was sharing. Why won't the guy follow me on Twitter? Um, I'll try it again. With pictures of himself in an Aggie uni wearing the number 10. Saying, my new home. Yes. Now follow me on Twitter, buddy. Hit me up. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that So, Marco Anthony will be joining Utah State via transfer. 6'6 uh, six, six guard is what I'm going to go with. If that's okay. Uh, and uh, His ESPN profile says he's 6'4". Oh, jeez. So. Who knows? There's a, a little dispute about where those two inches are. Who's got it right? Played Sperling at Virginia. But, again, any recruit of Tony Bennett has got to be somewhat of a decent basketball player. He is ineligible to play this upcoming season, but will be available for two years after. Exciting news. But still, it, it's even if he didn't play a significant role last year or the year before, uh, here's a guy that was on a championship-level team. Oh, look at you, backpedal. At, no, I, I never changed my... This is what I've been consistently saying, if you're paying attention, uh, is that here's a guy that's been on a championship-level team in a big-time conference and has been a part of a, a great program. So uh, he will be able to bring that to Utah State. And as I previously stated, so you'll remember... Uh, hopefully, with the change of venue, a new place, new opportunities, uh, he'll be able to shine and share his talents at Utah State, unlike he was able to do at Virginia. He and he'll have to be a big part of that because Sam Merrill will be gone. Namish Keta most likely will be gone, um, so he'll have to be a big part of that. And uh, I, I think here, Craig Smith will find a place for him to uh, to have significant contribution for the team. So. Looking forward to that. Hey, um, still talking basketball. Clay Thompson torn ACL, and Kevin Durant blown Achilles. How much does that affect some of the money that was going to be spent in the offseason on on those free agents, and then what it might mean for other free agents 
that because uh, will a team be willing to to sign either of these guys if they're not going to be available for a full year? Well, I think we've already heard the Knicks are willing to put forth the money for Durant, even if he does sit out a year. That they're willing to say, you know what, it's Kevin Durant, and if we don't get him now, we'll never get him again. So this is now or never. So you get him, you give him the supermax, and then you get him back next year, or the next season after this one, or whatever that 2021-21 season. Um, I fully expect Clay to stay in Golden State. I think Clay loves Golden State. Like Golden State obviously loves Clay, as does uh, Bob Myers. Um, but if you're Bob Myers, do you do you give him a max deal? Yeah, because he's there's that risk that he might not be the guy that you thought you were going to no, be able to dude. get. I I'd be more worried about a torn Achilles and a torn ACL. Yeah, Kobe Bryant wasn't the same after a torn Achilles. Players have recovered from torn ACLs, and with the exception of Derrick Rose, God rest his soul. But but, Clay Thompson is as valuable as it come. Even if he's not playing, he still he has leadership, veteran experience where he can help out on the bench. And I don't really think that if that if Clay says, "Hey, coach, can I sit on the bench and maybe mentor a few of the young guys?" Quinn Cook um, could be one of them. Then I I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr will say, uh, "Yeah, please." He's he's valuable in so many ways. And yes, he will get the max from Golden State. They will give that to him. All right, he can he can get a max. He just won't get a super max. He can because he can make the All NBA team. Right. So now uh, the question is, Eric Draymond Green, what do you do with him? Well, he's not up until next year, right? Maybe. But even so, you still got to pay your bench. And you know, great, Draymond's going to be looking for money next year like no other. Hang on. Looking it up. Making sure. I mean, I, I'm just saying it because, I mean, there has been issues with Draymond Green towards the team. Draymond Green will be under contract next year. He's going to make $18.5 million. The tradable asset. I think that he will be a valuable player next year for them. Perhaps yeah, his too. most valuable season for them. Because even if Kevin Durant resigns with Golden State, he won't be available next year. If Clay Thompson resigns with Golden State, he won't be available next year. So it's going to be Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and a handful of who knows what else. Yeah, and... and, and... Hmm. Jimmy Butler had just opted out of his $19.8 million contract to become an unrestricted free agent. Does Golden State think about him? Uh, probably not. Even if it's a two-year rental. Even if it's for two years. Look, we need you for two years or a year. You sign him for cheap. You let him go after Clay Thompson comes back. I don't I think that... I don't know. I don't really see that as a destination for him. I I would think that uh, L.A., uh, I think even re-signing with Philadelphia, those seem to be more 
reasonable expectations of where he would go? Well, according to Tim Reynolds, he says Miami. He says that um, Jimmy Butler has told people close to him in his confidence circle um, that if Miami wants to talk on or after June 30th, which is when free agency begins, then he's more than happy to listen to him. Do you know Miami has the highest payroll? Yeah. Is that amazing? Well, Chris Bosh finally comes off the payroll this yeah. year. He yeah. won't be there, but they're paying a ton of money to guys you probably wouldn't expect. And they are the number one payroll in the league. Yeah, Pat, Pat Rowley's done a crappy job over there in the last two Yeah, I don't think they've handled years. that very well at all. Yeah, he struck. I mean, after they almost kind of went on this panic stress mode after LeBron left. And after Dwayne Wade took a one-year hiatus from Miami and went to Chicago. I don't know what he was thinking, but he's ruined that payroll, the ba- the, the books over there. I don't know what you do. Uh, so Hassan Whiteside, he has a player option for next year. Uh, Ryan Anderson has a team option. Those are your two highest paid players on that roster right now in Miami. But yeah, that that that's a team that's kind of messed up. I mean, they did make the play. I mean, they were right there on the in the Eastern Conference with uh, a team fighting to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I I just think it's teams like that who forfeit their right to contend in free agency because they made bad decisions financially. It's amazing to me that players still want to go there. But maybe they feel like they can take advantage of the system over there. That Pat Rowley is so desperate after losing Dwayne Wade that he can get a big star like Jimmy Butler and that they'll overpay him. Because, by the way, as crazy as it sounds, you can overpay Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Yes, that, that is possible. There's players that you can. You can't overpay Clay Thompson. You can't overpay Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, the notables, Durant. Irving, you can overpay. <laughs> uh, Gordon Hayward has been overpaid. Uh, Rudy Gobert, you could overpay. Donovan Mitchell, you can't. And by the way, on June 24th, so in 10 days, those awards come out. And as we've already been talking to Dan Clayton uh, earlier in the month, or at least last month, he says that if Rudy Gobert wins that Defensive Player of the Year award, which he's a leading candidate, guess what he gets this summer, or at least next summer? <laughs> One of the two. Supermax. Yeah, that would qualify him to be available for a Supermax deal. So you want to talk about... Um... And do you give a Supermax deal to a defensive guy? I like Rudy Gobert. I like him a lot. I, I think he helps the team with, in a lot of different ways. But do you give a supermax deal to a defensive guy? I, I think the Detroit Pistons found out the hard way. Be very careful about doing that with Ben Wallace. I think you do, the Utah Jazz found that out a little bit the hard way when they were doing that with Andre Kirilenko. Do you do that again? Do, do you risk doing that, giving a supermax to a defensive guy? When you need, in today's day and age, you, you need everybody on the court to score and be able to have an offensive game. I think Rudy has tried to work on his offensive game. He's become more of an offensive threat, but it, most of it is alley-oops and put-back dunks. Yeah, He's got to be able to develop a mid-range game um, to be an offensive threat. I would agree with that. 
Absolutely. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. Come back. We'll talk some Call Drill series. That begins tomorrow. I love the Call Drill series. I've always been a huge fan of it. Um, whether it was the Fresno Cinderella underdog baseball team in 09 uh, or the favorites in Vanderbilt, Oregon State's obviously been one of those teams as well. But some new faces on there. We're going to talk about those teams and, and the experience of Omaha um, and predictions. Because, Eric, you know nothing about college baseball. So I will have to teach you the ropes. They throw the ball, they hit the ball. They chase the ball. There you go. Fetch dog. Eric Francis and Andre Salveson, Full Court Press on 1069 FM. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. He's going all soft on us on a Friday. Shh. Chocolate Mamba. You're listening to Love in the Dark. Oh. 106.9 Fan, 1390 uh, AM. Why am I here? Cuddle with your loved one. How do you live without her? I thought this was a sports talk show. This is a great Not song. Not Ajay's like, love songs. Oh, what is your... You're so negative today. <laughs> no. Hey, Mark Anthony's a score. Oh, yeah, that's 1.3 points per game. Skip Bayless was better than him in high school. Hey, you know, uh, freaking, what's his bucket? Rudy Gobert could get the Supermax. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, you got to pay him and you got to lose some guys. Go. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Grateful to have you along, however and wherever you are, as we are at the 448 time. We've got to be quick here on this segment, but we will. We do want to go through a College World Series. Eric is in the house. Omaha. Um, Michigan will play Texas Tech tomorrow at 12 p.m., while Florida State will be the nightcapper against Arkansas uh, at 5 p.m. Those are both mountain times. Both on ESPN for day one of the College World Series. Everybody loves a romantic story in baseball, and and this is one that why per- you're playing the love music because you want a romantic story in baseball. Eric, we really don't have a lot of time for your lame. I'm just trying jokes. to figure out the what's going on over there between the years. You're enjoying it, just like everybody else that's listening is enjoying it. Just like they enjoyed my Craig Captain Craig Smith accent. Don't make me break that out again. So you got a Saturday doubleheader and you got a Sunday doubleheader. Now Florida State, Mike's Martin has been coaching for forty years at Florida State, and he is calling it quits after the season is over. The crazy part is they're in the College World Series, and they've been doing it. I mean, just the way they've been able to handle teams, and uh, from, um, I cannot remember. Now my computer just froze. For heaven's sakes. Oh, come on. This is unacceptable. Oh, come on. All right, fine. We'll do it the hard way. So, uh, Mike Martin has got his Florida State team in the College World Series. Uh, they beat LSU is who it was. And uh, did it in pretty dominating fashion, too, to be quite honest with you. Uh, this is, I love romance in baseball, and this is it. Um, 
They finished 41-21 and in the ACC. That was third place. They won the Athens Regional. They won the Baton Rouge Super Regional, um, beating Florida Atlantic, the, uh, who is a number four national seed, Georgia, and then the number 13 national seed, LSU, at LSU in their house. Um, I like – that's a team I can root for just based on their storyline. But then there's the underdogs. The Auburn Tigers are an underdog. They finished 38 and 26, sixth place in the SEC, uh, but still got into it. Uh, won the Ath- Atlanta, me, Atlanta Regional, uh, and then won the Chapel Hill Super Regional. By the way, they beat North Carolina to do it, which was really impressive stuff. Uh, Texas Tech. By the way, Matt Wells has got so much pressure on him. Your men's college men's basketball team. They go and win, or they go and uh, they go to the championship the championship game. game. Texas Tech Great Raiders are going to the College World Series in baseball. And in football, you got to be able to live up to that. <laughs> Expectations should be high in Lubbock, Texas. They finished 44 and 18. That's a number eight national seed. They were the Big 12 regular season champs, won the Lubbock Regional, the Super Regional as well, beating Army, Dallas Baptist, and of course, Oklahoma State in a classic three game series. They're the lowest seed in this uh, College World yeah. Series, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we don't have the, you know, the Fresno State Bulldogs of 09, where they were unranked, bottom of the totem pole. They beat North Carolina. They beat Oregon State. And then when they get to the championship in the College World Series, they get to face Georgia, starring Joshua Phillips, at the time the best closer in the college baseball history, and Gordon Beckham, the all-star shortstop, who's right now at Chicago White Sox. So they face, I mean, so we don't have that classic Cinderella. But a Cinderella story to me means more than just being a, a a mediocre baseball team and making your rise to the top, being hot at the right time. Mike Martin and what they're doing is a Cinderella story to me. Being unranked and still making it to the College World Series. Now, you, I mean, you're upon uh, eight of the best teams in the in the country right now, still standing. Um, and 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 the story has been all about Mike Martin, and Mike hates that. He he's annoyed by it. He's been very vocal about that, but. I, I, again, I think that makes everybody kind of fall in love who doesn't have a team in the cultural series is, is that one team who has the, that story that you're like, oh. Well, you might as well because there's, other than that, I mean, it's all blue blood programs, all power of conference schools, Texas Tech versus Michigan, Arkansas versus Florida State, Vanderbilt versus Louisville, Mississippi State versus Auburn. And, and so there's, there's no real outsider school that any underdogs can really get behind, I think. So uh, I agree with you. You kind of have to find some other interesting stories, interesting angles where it's a guy's last stand. He's on his way out. Maybe that's worth you know checking in and, and watching these games as they start to play out. So the first game will be, first of the doubleheaders will be Saturday starting at what noon yep. on ESPN. Uh, and then the second a doubleheader of uh, the uh, College World Series will take place on Sunday. And again, that'll be at noon on ESPN. All right, we got to take a break. Come back. We'll wrap it up and call it a weekend. Eric France and AJ Salves on the Full Court Press at 1069 1390 AM. The fan. Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It's AJ Salves and Eric France, and I want to play some romantic music to get us through the rest of the show. We have one minute, Eric. Let me to say this I know there's a oh. lot of campers, uh, basketball and, and football. 
lot of high school kids on Utah State's campus mm-hmm. uh, over the next few days. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Logan. Hope everything goes well for you. Uh, have fun, enjoy the moment, and listen to your coaches. They're going to have some great advice for you. And listen to Eric France and Andre Salveson. Maybe we could give you some tips on how to be a great basketball player. Well, I could. Well, Sorry, I could. not Eric. I mean, there was an Eric Franson who did great things at Utah State. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But oh, I, he it, was incredible. That wasn't me, though. But uh, maybe by proxy, because we <laughs> share the same name, I might be able to share something cool. Eric, give me one thing you're looking forward to in the weekend of sports. Uh, Pebble Beach, U.S. Open. Uh, Rose has had a great start. Uh, can he hang on? Uh, there's a couple of the guys that are coming after him. So how will that leaderboard change over the next couple of days? Can Tiger make a run at it? Uh, and can I win pick six? Finally, I'm getting tired of buying you treats. Okay. Hey, I want chocolate the next time you I do keep it. supplying you like good stuff and you no, like dude, reject the pepper all the jerky, good things I give the to you. The pepper jerky was not no. Okay. I need you to actually um care about my needs. Why would I do that? Okay, care about when I win. I only want to care about winning. Well, you obviously hashtag aren't doing good at winning. that. So <laughs> hashtag pick six. Let's get it done. Uh, I, I, by the way, I didn't know how many things we agreed on. Yeah, we were like, we are the same on four of the six. So it's going to come down to just one or two things to decide who wins and loses. Good anyway. night, everybody. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Happy Father's Day. Why would you? I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Congrats to the Toronto Raptors. Their first NBA title was a landmark achievement in many ways. The inventor of the game, Dr. James Naismith, Canadian. And now the entire country has embraced the Raptors. It was also remarkable because of the team they beat. Even with all the injuries, knocking off Golden State was not easy. The Warriors have an incredible franchise, a modern-day dynasty that reinvented the game. But when Klay Thompson went down last night, They didn't have enough in the tank. And then there's Kawhi Leonard. He didn't want to go to Toronto this year. He made the most of it and made a historic playoff run. Kawhi is now solidly in the argument for best player in the sport. He got a lot of help from the guys nobody expected to be here. Fred Van Vliet, Pasquale Siakam, and the one-time playoff goat Kyle Lowry. It was a wild series. The Raptors are a fitting champ after an unpredictable and entertaining NBA Finals. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.